Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I could hear the Villa away fans all the way through, and they're having a good time at the moment, aren't they? Because Villa under Unai Emery, away from home. They've got that spot on, only only having lost to Man City. And since Emery took over, Villa are actually joint top of the league for, for a wife form, Greg. I don't know whether you knew that. He knows he's good, but I don't think he quite knows how good he is. When it's not quite going for him, he really puts too much pressure on himself to try and get, get amongst the goals again or to try and please supporters. And I think that was going against him. I agree. I completely agree with you. I'm a bit on the fence. With, with Brendan, to, to be perfectly honest, I don't think I always see what other people are saying with him, but I agree with you. When he comes off the bench, I always feel like he has an impact, even under Gerard. The 1874 Show, by the Villa View. Hello and welcome back to 1874, a podcast on the Villa View. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, joined by the Athletics' very own global Greg Evans. Greg, how are you on this fine Monday? I'm all right, Dan. Thank you. How are you? We've actually got a win to talk about, so that's that's one positive. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, I'm doing all right. I had a quite a quiet weekend, but uh, but yeah, life's good, mate. Yes, I've just said to Neil. Just we did we did a preview show, uh, not a preview. We did a review show of the Everton game earlier, and the weekend just always feels better when, when Villa win. It doesn't really matter what what else happens in your weekend as as long as Villa win. And like the away, I, I was watching on, on on TV at the weekend. I wasn't there, but I could I could hear the Villa away fans all the way through, and they're having a good time at the moment, aren't they? Because Villa under Unai Emery, away from home, they've got that spot on, only only having lost to Man City, and since Emery took over, Villa are actually joint top of the league for, for away form, Greg. I don't know whether you knew that. Stato just yeah. posted it about five minutes ago, but really, in a short space of time, Villa have, have got a lot right away from home, considering they hadn't won away from home until Emery came in. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice for the away fans. Actually, they're they're certainly enjoying it, and I, I always think the the fans that are able to get to the away games, or at least have been going for a long time, um, are the real hardcore ones because you know you have to pay a lot of money, you have to dedicate a lot of time to to going and following them. So so yeah, certainly the away fans are enjoying it at the moment. Um, we, we've been asking yeah, a couple of us, you know, in, in the media, 
we've been asking Unai Emery what the, the difference is away from home compared to at home. Um, and he's actually struggling to put his finger on it. So if you're going to ask me for an, anal- for an analysis, uh, don't expect any great answers because if the manager... I was going to ask you that. <laughs> um, I mean, look, I think my, my, my own thoughts are maybe there's a, they're playing with a little bit less pressure um, when, when they're away from home. There isn't the... Um, the, the real expectancy and demanding crowd that are on their backs every time they misplace a pass or um, don't get forward as often as, as you know, the home fans would like to see. Um, and there's also a, a bit more of a sit back and hit them on the attack, uh, hit them on the counter-attack uh, game plan going on and it, and it just seems to be working well. Um, I think Villa have come up against some some away opponents at the right time, perhaps, you could uh, that Everton game probably wasn't the right. Time, yeah, yeah was not, so much, not so much Everton and and um, Tottenham were in a bit of a. I can't remember the exact. The exact they were in a bit of a tailspin when Villa went there. But, yeah, I think they, they were they were struggling, weren't they? But look, you know, let, let's not take anything away from the players and the manager. They've picked up some very very good results away at Tottenham, away at Brighton, um, Southampton, and Everton, and and, and lost just the once under. Uh, under Emery at Man City, which you probably expect uh, most Villa teams were going to anyway. So, yeah, it's it's going well away from home. The, the key that Emery keeps, the key message that Emery keeps promoting, is we have to do this at home. We have to ta- we have to bring this form away from home into our home form because he wants to see that full Villa Park rocking, um, and he really wants to get the supporters on side and and, and build the connection between himself, the players, and the team. There's a few things you've said there that, that I think are interesting. So, I mean, I do think Villa's home support hasn't been top-notch this season, if, I, if I'm being perfectly honest. I sit in the upper hole, and it is demanding. If you do misplace a pass, if you do do something wrong, it can be quite hostile. I do think that comes from, which isn't Emery's fault, comes from years of underachievement at Villa Park, really. Villa Park hasn't been an intimidating place. For opposition fans, for, for opposition players to come, I think in the main, opposition players will have enjoyed coming to Villa Park over the last five, six, seven years. I'll probably exclude the last season in the champion, well, the last two seasons in the championship. But in general, in the Premier League terms, Villa Park's been a pretty easy place for people to come and get three points. So I think it, some of it stems from just years of frustration and pent up anger at home. The other bit of it, I think, is that Emery himself has spoken about trying to play kind of differently at home. He kind of doesn't want to play the same way he plays away from home. At home, he wants to dominate the, the ball at home. At the end of the day, it might be painful to watch at times, but Villa fans want to see wins. I feel like they've been a bit maybe too expansive in, in some games at home, whereas away, they've, they've got the setup just completely right and they've, they've got strong results. They can keep clean sheets away from home. Don't seem to be able to keep a clean sheet at home. I'm not sure. I don't think they've actually kept a clean sheet at home under Emery. I could, no. could be wrong there, but I don't think they have. No, I mean, if we take away the Arsenal game because, you know, Villa are up against elite opponents there, a team at the top of the league for a reason. Um, and, and we discussed this last week, didn't we? We, we felt that the 4-2 scoreline was a little bit harsh on Villa, albeit, um, you know, both agreeing that Arsenal were the better team and, and deserved to win that game. But you take the other games then, the left game was a real disappointment. Um, I remember speaking to Emery before that game and, and, and what he wanted um, was his team to really attack and I know that sounds quite basic, but he, he, he wanted to dominate. He wanted his team to dominate possession, um, to control and keep the ball well. Um, 
obviously, you know, cut out the threat from from the opponents who on the day were, were Leicester. But the key was our attacking game. Let's go and see what we can do to entertain the supporters, to to get them leaving Villa Park happy with not just the three points, but an entertaining performance. And he's backtracked a little bit, a little bit, Emery now in in the last couple of weeks and said, look, maybe we got a little bit ahead of ourselves. We got excited because we could see the top ten was in sight. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we were just trying to simply build on what was at that point five wins in eight, I think. Um, so, you know, fair enough. Fair enough. That I, I think the, the way he set up the team on that day, it was worth the gamble and worth the risk at that time because the moment Villa were in. But what they have to do now is learn from the mistakes from, from that Leicester game in particular. I look back to the Wolves game, you know, and... And, and Bailey missed that chance very late on. That could have been very different, and, and maybe we're talking about a different run of results here now. But I think the Leicester game is the real key for them. They need to learn on, uh, learn from that. Maybe get back to basics a little bit, and just not have to focus too much on entertaining the crowd, uh, and and just mainly focus on getting the win because the wins are what the supporters want right now, and the wins are, are what are going to take Villa higher up the league. I will say in that first home game, I don't know whether it was just a case of Villa taking Manchester United by surprise that day. But that was what Villa fans want to see. That kind like it was against elite opposition, Manchester United were they weren't in a tailspin or on a bad run when Villa took them on and Villa deserved to win that day. That's kind of what Villa fans want to see, where you've got you've got that entertainment, where you are you are going at it, but you're also in charge. Villa were good in possession that day. They kept the ball, they saw out the game comfortably. That day. I think they got most things right. The goal that we can say it was a unlucky, it was a, a deflection from a Luke Shaw effort. But mm. we've not seen that since. Like I think of the, the Liverpool game at home. I think Villa got it a bit wrong that day. Tried to play too high up against the pacey attack and and got caught out a few times. Conceded early. Do you think Villa are miles miles off it at home at the moment? Do you think it's not that far away? No. There's certain things they're doing okay in terms of early goals going ahead. They've got that down at home. It's the follow-on after that that they've not managed to get. So they've got themselves, they've got the noses in front a, f- a fair few times at home now with early goals, attacking the whole end, or sometimes I think even even going the other way, going the north side. But it's after that, they just they can't seem to keep that clean sheet at home, whereas away from home, they can. Yeah, a couple of couple of points just to follow up, follow up on that, Dan. I think the Man United game, um, it was a real clear game plan that worked and it was helped massively by the fact that Donny van der Beek was came in and, and was very poor, hadn't played very often. Fernandez didn't play, did he? Uh, no, um, and obviously they miss him. And Cristiano Ronaldo, which you know sounds mad saying it at the time, but he, he seriously let them down in terms of not pressing. Um, and you know, basically hardly moving in the game. That was that was the last ever Premier League game he played, I think, wasn't it? Um, Wouldn't surprise me because he was awful. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. And, and Villa got the game plan perfect. They were able to build out from the back. And I remember thinking... How on earth has this manager got this set of players to play like this so quickly? Because it was just simple. It was Martinez to Mings, Mings to one of the fullbacks, the fullbacks to into um, uh, Kamara, and, and then and then out, and then the, and then Dini was sort of halfway up the 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 into the attacking um, into the other half attacking, and I just thought, how are they getting out so easy? It, it was an unbelievable plan pulled off. Um, expertly by the by the players but what we've seen in following weeks was that it's not that easy to do every single week and the players that Villa have got probably aren't um fully equipped to do it without lots and lots of practice so the Man United game we could look at that a little bit in isolation uh, I think because of those reasons 
Um, and to answer your question, are Villa miles off it at home? I think where Villa are at at the moment is they're a ninth, tenth, eleventh place team still, in my eyes. I'd be happy with ninth, tenth. Let me tell you, top half. Yeah, I'd, look, I'd if, they, if they finish there, if they finish there, that's the achievement. Uh, that, sorry, that's the aim, and it will be an achievement. Um, but I just think Villa are are still that team, so they are going to win a lot of games, but they're also going to lose a fair few. And I, I, know, I know, again, that sounds like a really basic... We were saying thing, it this time last year, weren't we? Under, yeah, under but I mean, I just, I, just, I just feel like I look at the, I look at some of the away games that, that they've won. You know, they've, they've, Villa are good enough now to go to Everton and to go to Southampton and play average like they did and win, right? Yeah. But they're not quite good enough to, pl- to go week on week at home winning and, and playing really exciting attacking football. They're somewhere in the middle where they're going to win and lose games. And I think it's a case of, I don't want to write off another season because we used to do this on the last podcast before we rebooted. Um, uh, yeah, well, we'll, have to, we'll cancel ourselves. <laughs> look, if they do finish in the top half, it, it is an achievement. But um, I just think it's a needs must now. Win as many games as possible, get as many points as possible, but know that next year find the real gaps of weaknesses um, and improve them. And then Villa can start becoming the team that dominate at home, that win regularly at home and start really pushing that top seven. Something you said at the, at the start that, that stuck with me is the, is the fans at Villa Park. I'm not here to, to dig the fans. I'm one of them. You know, I, I sit there, I have unreasonable standards sometimes in, in the whole end or in the away end or, or, or whatever. You know, we're, we're, we're all guilty of it. So I'm not sat here slagging Villa fans off. But I do still, like, I think you're right, I do think Villa Park isn't as easy to play at as it is to, to go away because I do, I do think there's a different type of, of pressure there. But, you know, we've both spoke to players in the past and interviewed players. And if Villa can get that atmosphere right at home, they really do be, do become the 12th man rather than sometimes knocking yeah. the team, team down to 10 men. We've spoken to players that have played many games at Villa Park and they all categorically say the same thing, that when Villa Park is bouncy, there's no better place to play. I'd love to just know, and I'm never going to be able to do this, and it sounds stupid to even say it. I'd love to just have a season play out where there was just no negativity at home whatsoever for 90 <laughs> minutes. You just spend the whole 90 minutes getting behind the team and just see how that season would pan out compared to just, <laughs> yeah. just normal. Do you, do you know what I mean? Because I honestly think it makes so much difference when you have a rock. I remember that 10-game run yeah. in the championship. Every week, it didn't matter what players did. Everyone was riding on a crest of a wave. Everyone was exactly... On an identical page, at that point, every week you went there, just thinking, "Got a bit of a win today." I know it was the championship, and, and yeah, it was, and, it, it was buzzing. The atmosphere was unreal. Yeah, the players yeah. were singing the songs that the fans were singing after games. Like everything, everything was perfect. I don't know. It's, it has to bounce off each other, doesn't it? So, for the fans to be the way I want them to be, there has to be something tangible happening on the pitch that, that you can get behind. I think because we know we have got the right manager now. I'd love to just see out the end of the season, just everyone just getting behind the team really for 90 minutes, no matter whatever yeah, happens, yeah. and just then go into next season on, on a real high. Because Villa could, feasibly, Villa could still finish top seven, let, let's say. I don't think they will, but mm. it, it is there. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at Villa's record in semi finals at Villa Park, that's what says it all to me. Villa do not lose, really, semi finals at Villa Park, do they? We lost to Bradford, mate. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was, oh, hor- we, it was a horrible bit. You, you we drew it. the actual. I think we won the actual game. You won, you won still, the game. Still yeah. went out. You actually won the game. Horrible, but didn't didn't win it enough. Um, it was a horrible thing in the Athletic last week. I don't know whether you saw it. Someone did a piece on Brentford's League Cup run, and I and I, and I read it, and I was like, oh, God, awful Bradford's, memories Bradford's, about Bradford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten this even happened. Yeah, you lost away. You lost away three one and one at home two one, as far as I can remember. So again, you know, it was it was a the point I'm trying to make is at Villa Park, Villa win. In semi-finals, yeah. Um, games that I've gone to, I remember, I remember speaking to Mila Yedinak after the the Middlesbrough game um, in the playoffs, and uh, was that nil nil actually? Yeah, uh, yeah. He didn't I lose it. Shut down a Dharma trial. It was it was it was a good it was a good tactical plan. Um, didn't lose. I remember speaking to uh, speaking to speaking to Yedinak after that game, and you know he said, "I've did, did that that Villa Park, you know, Villa Park was unbelievable. The the atmosphere was incredible." Um, and you know, you think of Leicester in the in the Carabao Cup in the whatever it was then the League Cup, uh, when Trezeguet scored late on, um, West Brom in the in, in the playoffs. You know, you remember when we spoke to Mark Bosnich and he spoke about nineteen ninety four. There's more, isn't there? You know, you can think of Bolton and the um, sorry Blackburn. No, but uh, even Bolton, we went to. Bloody Reebok and lost five two in the first leg, yeah. and then we won the second leg two nil. I, th- I think we just need just needed just needed one more goal. Was it two? Was it, yeah, two nil. So we just needed one more goal, but we won the second leg. We didn't go through again. Mm. You're right though. I don't think. So I've that's my actually, point. But yeah, the, I don't think I've been to a semi final. You know, Villa Park. When when the fans get behind Villa, it's a really intimidating place to be, and um, opposition players don't like it. They don't like it, and and it makes it easier for the players. And I know this because I've spoken to players. I'm not, I'm not saying it from a journalistic point of view. I speak to enough players and spoken to enough past players to know that when the fans are on you, and 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 they're booing you, and um, you know they're, they're they're jeering you for for uh, and singing bad songs about you or whatever, it doesn't help performance. When the fans are behind you, it does help. Another interview that sticks out in my mind: Anwar El Ghazi. Um, Spoke to him a couple of months ago when he when he first went to to PS, PSV. Uh, he was like PSG then. In Ireland, and, and, and he was saying to me, um, "Greg, when you do this article, can you please include include these these few little notes from me?" He just said that to tell the supporters to get behind the team because when they get behind the team, it makes it so much easier and it makes Villa Park a brilliant place to be. And I just. Those words sort of stuck in my head a little bit because I thought that's a player that's played for Villa in the modern times um, and has enjoyed a fair bit of success because of the the times that they had in the Championship. Um, and he's asking me to to sort of relay that back to the fans. So, yeah, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because supporters pay their money. They you know they, they've got a right to um, contest if if they don't feel like they're getting good value for money. I, I, I suppose. Um, and and again, you know, you tell me one stadium in the country where uh, where teams are losing and supporters are happy. You know, it doesn't happen, of does it? Of course, so, yeah. No. But I'd, I'd I'd love to I'd love to uh, I'd love to follow that down a season of full positivity oh, and, and see what happened. <laughs> yeah, but I think you know, season Leicester Leicester fans at the moment, for example, are completely miserable. They don't, really, so, they don't really know where the club's going. You see where they are. They're only three points above the drop. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. Madison doesn't play. They lose. Yeah. The manager doesn't really want to be there, I don't think, but won't walk away probably because he wants he wants his payout. 
the club can't afford to sack him because he's on massive wages. So no one's singing from the same hymn sheet. But you know, that season they won the league. They just stayed up, went on a mad run to, to stay up, and then they, they won the league. They would have been behind that team every, every single week. Mm. The atmosphere would have would have carried them over. Now at the moment, Leicester fans probably aren't helping the team because they're because they're miserable. But I do think there's something in it. But you're just positive for 90 minutes. Although I just think it's all about that Crystal Palace or Villa play on Saturday. I think they've got they've got the best home fans, but they're just yeah. having a complete middle of the road season at the, at the moment. So it's not not. I feel like they have been for so long. Yeah, just yeah. always there in the middle. They're always quite positive. The Palace fans, I think, but it just be yeah. some people just again. I'm no scientist saying the whole thing. I've said my fair share of absolute rubbish. <clears> sat there during again. Some people just do go there to get their frustrations of the week out. They enjoy shouting abuse at people, just shout, shouting at people and being frustrated. That is the, the mentality of some people that, that go to the football. I've, I've witnessed it mm. with, with my own eyes many, many weeks, growing, growing up as a Villa fan to, to now, every single week. But I do, I do think there's there's something in it. Like you say, the players, they all make a point whenever you speak to any of them of, of saying what it's like to have a packed Villa Park behind you. And, and that went, you know, the hurt when you when you do get abused, how it does affect your game. Connor spoke to us, didn't he? And he said, yeah, the time he got kind of jeered off when, when, he, when he was subbed. It was horrendous, like, didn't enjoy it at all, didn't didn't know what to do. Hey, Tommy Elphick spoke to us about, about that kind of thing as well. You know, the list, the list is probably endless of players that have been on the wrong end of it. Mm. I mean, I do think Stephen Stillian had it for a time, didn't he? Yeah, you know? yeah, of course. So. There's, there's definitely at the moment. <clears throat> I think every every Villa fan, every single one, will know this is the right manager now. It's good. it might be a right off season in terms of probably just finishing mid table, but I'd love to just see what happens. Let's just get behind them every week at home and try and make Villa Park an intimidating place to come again because it because it isn't really, and, and I'd like it to be. I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's definitely not, is it? You know, no. I, I, too I many teams to, come I, there I and get to, three I points. To, I go to every ground in the Premier League every season and. You know, Villa Park sadly ranks somewhere in the in the top half. You know, but but not not towards the top. Um, you know, the supporters can make a big difference. Yeah, interesting. Who did you speak to after the game, Greg? Who did you speak to in, in the Goodison Park tunnels? Last to be last time at Goodison, won't it? Uh, is it? Yeah, we've got one more yeah. season or not? Yeah, I thought the ground was next season, but uh, might okay. be relegated. To yeah. be fair, anyway, so it, it could it, be your last time at Goodison. Yeah. Never, never really lot. I've got, I've got mixed feelings about Goodison. Here, here, like, here I, he is about to I, say something controversial. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I know this sounds like so snobbery, snobbyish, snobbyish. Is that the word? Um, snobbish, snobbish. <laughs> uh, I just feel like the, the the press box is so crap. It's so small and tight, and um, yeah, I'm just just never been a fan going there working. Um, What's the I Wi-Fi think... like, Greg? What's the best ground for Wi-Fi? That's the big, <laughs> that's the big question because the Wi-Fi villa is awful. It's all, the it's signal's all pretty terrible. good now. I mean, in in the press box, it's all pretty good. There's, there's, yeah. I mean, look, villa I must be the worst. They must be. No, well, it's all right for us because we have a separate access code. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, Goodison, it's got its charm and it's got its character, hasn't it? And, and I like the whole pre-match build-up with the with the songs and stuff. But um, it's certainly it's certainly dated now, and yeah. Know, they need to move on, I think, and um, be interested to see what the next stadium's like. But yeah, I spoke to Ollie Watkins after the game, uh, who was in very, very good mood. It was good to see him actually because I spent I spent some good good time with him over in Dubai um, during Villa's um, World Cup break. Now, when, when you tend to do an interview sort of after a game, 
or, or even before a game, you know, you, you might get 10, 15 minutes with a player before the game and, and, and maybe five minutes with a player after the game. But it, during the World Cup, you know, I had, I had some proper time with Ollie. So it, so it was good to kind of get to know him a little bit more and, um, you know, find out what he what he thought his actual, you know, genuine strengths and weaknesses are and, and just find a little find out a little bit more about his character because he's a really, like, soft and sort of likeable guy. I mean, I, that what I took from the from from my chat with him in Dubai was that he knows he's good, but I don't think he quite knows how good he is. Um, so when it's not quite going for him, he really puts too much pressure on himself to try and um, you know to try and be, get, get amongst the goals again or to try and please supporters. And I think that was going against him. So what he started to do now is just just relax in front of the goal. And I think we're seeing it with his goals, you know, five, five in five. I think he scored his last four goals with his last five shots. He's developed this, you know, real ruthless streak. He's scoring from all different angles, you know, with his left foot, his right foot, his header. Um, and he's in a good moment and he's happy. I, I asked him about whether he thought he should be in the England squad and he kind of just, you know, batted it back very softly and just said, well, look, you know, I've been in the England squad. If Gareth Southgate calls me, great. If he doesn't, I'll spend time with my family and keep hoping for the next one. You know, it was it was as simple as that. But if he keeps scoring these goals, then he can't be ignored any longer. Now, the backup to Kane, it always seems to, to change, doesn't it? Like it was Tammy Abraham for, for, for a long time. Calvert-Lewin had a run at being the, the second striker. Now it's it was Callum Wilson in the World Cup. So that space... T- Tony's it, had a little look in as well, hasn't yeah. yeah. That second space does always... Second, third striker space in squads does always feel quite open. Like, I wouldn't rule him out playing, playing for England again at all, but he had no right to go to the World Cup because I think he'd only scored two goals. Yeah, that and, and, that, and, and that's what he said. You know, that's what he said. His record at the time was was two goals in fourteen games, and he and he, and he basically said, "Look, next time I torture, I want my numbers to be much higher and and to be respectable and and to 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 be worthy of being an England player again." And they so are. He, he knew it, and and yeah, they are. And he was in he was in a great mood. Um, one thing I took from him actually, he's he's taken eight penalties in his career. Um, but he's now scored four and missed four. I think I think he missed three for Brentford and one for Villa. Uh, West Ham West Ham, yeah. yeah. So he said he's been working on his technique in penalties. Whereas when he was whereas when he was at Brentford, he never practiced penalties or worked on them. So um, that's a new thing for him. Well, he's Villa's main man now, isn't he? Undisputed. He's, he's Villa's main man. He scored for five, for five games in, in in a row. Nice for him that you know to get the winner on on Saturday because the goals he'd scored. Villa hadn't really been performing, so his goals hadn't really meant anything other than the, the Southampton away winner, because he scored in three in three defeats. But you know, to, to score five in a row for any Premier League striker, not many Premier League strikers do that. I mean, that it tell, I mean that tells you that they don't. By the fact Villa haven't have ever done it in, in in the Premier League. You know, you thought Dwight York or, or Benteke maybe would have done it at some point. Yeah. They probably they probably did three, maybe four, but no one no one had done five. So it's it's a great achievement for him. It sounds stupid, but. You know, Gabby won't appreciate me mentioning this. He doesn't like to go on about it, Gabby, but he is Villa's record Premier League goal scorer, isn't he? <laughs> now, Watkins might be looking at that now and thinking, I don't know whether he knows about it. It's kind of there for him, for him to get now in, in, in his third season. He has a good end to the season and he's there next season. A decent chance he gets somewhere near that record, I would say. What did Gabby get? 70-something? knew you were going to ask me that and I don't know. It was, around, it was around that. I was going to say 72. I feeling 74 sticks in me, Jay. Probably should have... Um, we'll we'll check Premier, this for next It's week. in the Premier League. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's around 70-odd in the Premier League, I'm sure. We'll, we'll check the exact number for next week. I think I think Ollie's on, what, 36? Is it or something like that? 
he's, he's got uh, double figures every season. Yeah, I think he's on. A, I think he's mid thirties. So, yeah, he needs a really good season at some point, doesn't he? Um, at, you know, how long will he stay at Villa? Will he be the Will he be the main man next season? You know, what will happen in the summer when when Villa sign a high level elite striker, which they will do? Will it? Will he? End they, say up that with... they, they say they will do, right? And I've, I've no, I've no qualms that Villa will, will go for one. I think they'll try. So that guarantees they they get one though. We we know that they've been in for or been interested in elite level strikers in the past two three transfer windows and they've not got them in. So there's no there's no guarantee. Villa thought they'd signed a bona fide goal scorer in in Danny Ings. Didn't really. Yeah. Well, I, I take what you're saying. I, I agree with you that Villa will look for an elite level striker. But if they don't get an elite level striker, what, what would they do? Would they? I'd imagine they stick with what they've got. And just because they signed yeah. one, I would also say I don't think that means Watkins comes out of the team at the moment. You kind of felt like Watkins and Ings were never going to play together under Emery, even if they were both there. But if we sign another striker, there's I would definitely think they'd play me, with for, Watkins because of the way he plays the game. Yeah, the, the, I mean, the, the, it just the obvious, the obvious replacement is a new striker comes in and takes Leon Bailey's place, isn't it? At the moment, um, absolutely. You know, Villa, Villa are looking at one of those, and, and Emery, when you look at his teams in the past, especially with Villarreal, um, he likes those sort of two forwards in a four-four-two. Um, that's what Villa are looking at now. You know, they're looking at a uh, auxiliary striker. Is that how you? Is that what? Is that how you pronounce it? Is that how you describe him? Maybe you know, someone who can play a proper it, number nine. But, that's how I but, say. It. But yeah, but I think I think you're going to see a a proper number nine type figure coming in for probably a lot of money. But again, I'm repeating myself here. There's no guarantees you just go and get one. No, look, of so course there's no guarantees. You're, you're using, Villa, you're using you look at Villa's history. Mate, elite, elite level number nine, that's the term you're using to me. Villa are going to target an elite level number nine this summer. So whether they get that man or not remains to be seen. If they get that man and he performs, then great. If 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 he if they get that man and he doesn't perform, then Ollie Watkins is an incredibly good backup um, or an incredibly... A good alternative if he's not scoring the goals and Villa needs somebody to rely on. I still think whoever they sign will play as a two. You've also got John Duran in there as well next year. Yeah, perfect. And Cameron Archer will probably come back. Um, hopefully with 10, you know, nine, 10 goals under his belt and, and compete as well. So the striker department will look a lot stronger next summer. Yeah, I just, again, I'm saying <clears throat> I have repeat myself a tape, but surely Villa targeted an elite level nine. In the in the summer just gone, surely Gerard wanted his own striker. Is, is what I'm saying. They they didn't do. They couldn't do it. They didn't they didn't do it. They didn't get any anyone in. So there's no there's no guarantees with that. Is what I'm saying because we know Villa have targeted high level players. I'm, haven't I'm they? not sure. I'm not. I'm... You all mentioned. The, Jack, you mentioned I know he's not. I know all the transfer windows all falling. All all believe it or not, fall into one in my head these days. But. From from my memory on the spot, I, can't, I I don't think Villa were in for a striker over the summer. They had Ollie Watkins, Danny Ings, Cameron Archer, um, and I can't mention it, but I remember you throwing a name at me in the summer. Liam, <laughs> I definitely remember you mentioning someone, and who I would describe as a high level elite number nine. And you, and he's not. I can't easy. remember that Villa ever got. I don't. I, as far as I can remember, Villa never got far down the road with anything. They might have considered. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Player, but. I remember a, a point where I had conversations with, with you know, high place sources at the club who 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 clearly said to me they were happy with the with the front six, which at that time was um, you know Buendia, Coutinho, Baylor, uh, Archer, Watkins, and Ings. 
Okay. I'll talk to you afterwards. I remember you. You're right, though. I, I, don't, I, don't, think, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think the name you mentioned to me ever got ever got anywhere, but I remember you mentioned it. Because you also said, like, um, in, the, in January just gone, I know he's not an auxiliary number nine, Villa Felix, you meant you mentioned him the first show we did here. You, you mentioned Jao Felix. What I'm saying is Villa look at high-level players. I don't think people realise that Villa actually do look at the, the high-level players. They might not mm. ever be realistic that they could get Mem- money. Memphis Defy was, they, was another yeah, one. They, they always like try, that. don't they? They mm. always try to get the, the high-level player in. They might not be able to do it, but they've got ambitions to do it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, of course they have, but there are there are players that, that they just that they just were not able to get. Felix and Depay both wanted to go to high-level clubs and Villa were not that, that club at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. It's always interesting. I, like, I do enjoy talking to you in, in January and August. I enjoy talking to you all year, but I particularly enjoy talking to you in January and August when you fill my head with things that I think that Villa, Villa, Villa might be able to do. But no, it's great great for Ollie Watkins. I, I, I like, he's, he's a likeable character, Ollie Watkins. I've interviewed him once. He just comes across as a, a nice guy, a, a, a likeable guy. And I think he's been better for Villa than he gets credit for, in, in my opinion. Where would you where would you rank him in Villa in Villa strikers in your t- in your time covering Villa? I can't remember exactly when you started covering Villa. Actually, I still think I still think Ben Teke was was yeah, right up there. The Probably one of my favourites. Tammy, even though it was in the Championship, was excellent. Um, and there's been some bad ones, to be fair. Oh, we, don't, we could do a whole show <laughs> on the bad ones. Let me let, let me tell you. Um, yeah, you I'm missed what you didn't you? You missed him. He was the best yeah, one. He was he, he was before my time. I was still at school. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I think I'd put him third behind Ben Seki top, Tammy second, and uh, Ali third. You'd be getting a phone call from Gabby Abon, or you will. You would class him as an hour and out burner for number nine. He probably isn't, is he? <laughs> Sorry, Gabby. A, he's probably more of a more of a wide forward as well. Gabby, Gabby, and no, but that's interesting because I'm trying to think where I would put him in the time since I've been going down. So for the last 30 years, obviously, I've been, I've been sat in the heart end. You always. I think you always look back at players when after they've gone. So I find it hard to judge him whilst he's still there because he may go on and score loads of goals for Villa in the in the, in the mm. next few seasons. But I remember that first season under Dean when he first came in, he looked the real deal in, in that season to me. He caused teams a lot of trouble. And the thing I like about him is, and I know this was he scored against Everton at the weekend, he scored against the big teams. Got a great record against the he big teams. Chelsea goals against the top so-called top six. You know, that's the only ones he hasn't scored against is Chelsea. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Chelsea's Villa, the only one. Villa might even finish ahead of Chelsea. He scored a hat trick against Arsenal, hat trick against Liverpool. He scored, scored two goals. against Arsenal, didn't he? But he, has scored, he, scored, yeah. he scored three or four over time against them. Yeah. 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 He scored against Man City a few times as well. Just said Villa might finish ahead of Chelsea, Greg. Um, yeah, I just, oh, as a solly old lad, I, I feel a little bit sorry for Graham Potter at the moment. I just feel, you know, a manager who's really, he really deserves his crack at the big time. You know, he, he's not somebody who's just. And I, I get a bit frustrated when ex-players who have had a brilliant career get promoted into the media straight away or into high-profile jobs when they perhaps haven't quite done their time in the trenches. But Potter, um, you know, he's been there. He's gone. He's gone abroad, and, and he's worked really hard down, down, you know, fully down in the trenches, learning his learning his craft, and he deserved it. And it's just, it's sad for British managers, I think, if if he does lose his job because there aren't well English managers because there aren't too many of them. Uh, I mean, you look back to the last English manager that that won a cup competition. Uh, I think it was Harry Redknapp. So, it's not great. you know, in England, it's not great, is it? I think Brian, I think Brian Little might be in the last three. You know, so yeah, it's 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 not great for him at the moment. He's he's looking, you know, looks really down, and um, I'm not I'm not look I'm not I'm not 
I'm not too, uh, I'm not feeling too sorry for him. He's, he's a well played football, football manager in, a, in, a, in an unbelievable job, and I'm sure he's not going to struggle for for work elsewhere. But look, you know, when when, when these when these managers deservedly get their their time, you you just you want them to do well. So I don't, I, don't, I don't think I still don't think Villa will finish ahead uh, of Chelsea. We, t- we turned into the Chelsea podcast. My original point was <laughs> if you'd have told me Villa would be level on points with Chelsea at the end of Feb. Yeah, I'd have been like, here we go. Top six, top six yeah. here we come. But no, middle middle of the table for for Chelsea at the moment. Just look at it. I mean, their squad's just ridiculous. As someone said on Sky yesterday, I imagine having to like arrange a, tra- a training session with all those players. It's just it's impossible, isn't it? No one could. I don't think anyone could do that at the moment. You, you should have the summer because it's not. It's, it's not fair. And it's not really right what he's going through at the moment. You've released a piece today. Was it? Was it last night on the on the Athletic? I only read it today on, on Emmy Buendia's impact. And I've got to say, Greg, I think I agree with you. I think I agree wow. with what you say. This I is I, uh, this is unusual. Yeah. I thought this. I thought this article would cause a little bit of a stir. I thought. No, I think it, I, I agree. Backlash from it um, with people because Brendy is very much a, a fan's favourite, isn't he? A lot of fans don't like anybody saying anything negative about him. And while this article wasn't negative because he came on and um, uh, you know made a big impact as soon as soon as as soon as he came on, Villa scored their two goals. The second one was from him, of course, as well. Um, I just I've picked up a bit of a thing that I think he comes off the bench to better effect than when he starts. Um, now he's only missed one game under under Emery, and that was this weekend. I asked Emery directly why he didn't play, and he said, "Well, he, he was complaining of a, of a of an injury which kept him out of Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday uh, last week of training. But by Thursday, he was hundred percent ready to play. Um, so Emery was a little bit of a, a you know." We couldn't fully get to the bottom of why he didn't play, but it seemed like Emery was just saying, I didn't think it was the right thing to do for him to start. I thought perhaps play the midfielders that started, um, go up against Anana, Decora, Garner, keep the game as tight as we can, and maybe if we need Wendy, we'll bring him on later to, to add that creative spark when there when there's some tired legs in there. And, it, and if that was exactly the plan, which I think it was, um, it worked really well. Now, I don't know what happens now on Saturday because there's no Coutinho. Do you think Coutinho would have started if he'd have been fit? I think yes. He probably would have done, yeah. But yeah, I don't know what happens on Saturday because no Coutinho. Bailey, with that kind of performance, I find it so hard to think how he can start again. Um, and it just feels like a game that would, would work well for Buendia because also it doesn't feel like Emery's quite ready to start Duran yet. So... Mm. It seems like you know the most obvious answer is that Buendia will start again. Um, so just take a look at him in the first thirty minutes or forty minutes and see if he makes a real big impact. And if he does, excellent. He, I thought he was great against Leicester. I thought he was really good in in the Brentford game where where Villa won four 0 under Aaron Danks, the caretaker manager. But there aren't too many other games that I can remember where he's really grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and, and dominated it. And that's what mm. we wanted to see more. Yeah. I agree. I completely agree with you. I'm a bit on the fence. With, with Brenda, to, to be perfectly honest, I'm, I don't think I always see what other people are seeing with him, but I agree with you. When he comes off the bench, I always feel like he has an impact, even under Gerard. I felt like, I mean, usually to be fair, when he was coming on under Gerard, Villa would have been absolutely terrible for an hour. And you could always guarantee that Emmy Brenda's name would be started suddenly after 60 minutes and he'd be coming on. So he was coming into a set that wasn't doing well and always looked quite bright. I do think there's something in the fact that you can make five subs now and having starters and having finishers. To me, I just feel he's more effective 
and he comes on with 30 minutes left and the space starts to open up a, yeah. a little bit more <clears> as the game goes on. I feel like he, he has more of an impact. Because I'm, I'm saying, I've said on another show that for what we spent on Bailey and Luca Dean, we haven't really seen enough for the money that, that, that we paid for that. But I'd say Brendan probably, even though he's got a nice song and he, he looks nice at times, I think Brendan probably falls into that category as well. I don't think Villa have seen anywhere near the best of Emmy Brendan. I mean, no, he's got four goals this season, zero assists. Um, a little bit unfortunate with the assist tally because he has created the most chances for Villa um, and the best quality chances as well. Okay, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but what, a couple of stats that I picked up just as well, you know, when I, when I was looking with, about his performances are he tends to have a similar amount of touches and tends to make a similar amount of progressive, progressive passes, which are longer than 10 yards forward. Um, when he comes off the bench compared to when he started. Now, when he comes off the bench, he typically gets 30, 35 max minutes. Yet when yeah. he starts, he's playing 65 minimum, 70 minutes perhaps. And, and he's having a similar amount of touches. I just don't, I, you know, I'm, no real correlation there to say why, why is that happening then? Which brings me on to the point of he's a better substitute for me. And my naked eyes have seen that. Yeah, I think the problem with Villa at the moment is they've not got the depth to probably... Have him as a regular sub. He probably is in Villa's best eleven because there just isn't the, there isn't really the depth. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that. There's plenty of things I, I like about Emmy Emmy Buende. I just, I do think he, he's slightly. I, I'm not seeing what other Villa fans are like you. I'm not really seeing. Mm. He's very highly rated amongst the Villa fan base, and I think Villa have got players who who've done more, who aren't as, as highly rated. But I guess it's just because he's a, a creative number ten, isn't it? That's his. That, that's his possession position, sorry. And those players are always easier on the eye and always always look better. But Villa, Villa do need more from him. They definitely need more from Leon Bailey. Because I'm with you, he frustrated the life out of me again on, on yeah. Saturday. And I've, I've defended him most of the season. And, you know, his numbers on the face of it are pretty good. But the eye test, just running into people. Me and Neil were saying earlier, if he gets off to a good start in a game, Leon Bailey, like, he scored a few early goals, hasn't he, in front of the whole end of Villa Park. If he gets off to a good start, he has a good game, but if his first few actions are no good in the game, he seems that just seems to be the story of the game. It just, it just mm. continues. It's almost like his confidence. I don't think it's lack of effort from Leon Bailey at all. I don't think he's not trying. I just think sometimes, for whatever reason, if he doesn't start a game well, that's it. That's the end of it. Do, do you echo that? Um, that? That's no. It's interesting you should say that, and um, yeah, a good point to, to prove something I haven't noticed personally. But I'll definitely start Look looking at it. at it. Yeah, we all start. I'll start following that up and see, seeing if um, there is any difference between a, a good start or a bad start, and then a good or bad performance. Yeah, I'll definitely look at that. Thanks. I can't Dan. think of any other players where I've thought this about them, but I, d- I definitely think it about him. Mm, an interesting one. I mean, if I ever get time to ask him, if I ever get some some time with him, I'll, I'll maybe try and ask him. He comes across well. He comes across a nice guy, and I don't think he's lack of effort, like I said. But it's just for whatever reason, there's too many frustrating games at the moment where he just runs into cold yeah. effects. There was one. There was, I felt a little bit sorry for him actually in, in the game at Everton. I mean, not for his performance because that was pretty poor, but the one time he really put himself about, <laughs> and I thought won the ball without without fouling. It was he was he was um, punished for a foul. Oh yeah, I, he, that. I didn't think that was a foul. Showed, he just showed his strength, and I thought oh, it's typical. The first time he get really gets involved and he gets uh, punished for it. But yeah, he needs to do more. I think you know he, he scored scored four goals and set up two, which, which isn't too bad. But mm. he, he needs to be needs to be doing a bit more. I think <clears throat> thirty million pound plus. You need a bit more money from you for your book. I'd yeah, say. that's all of the you, players Villa have spent that on. I would say. Yeah, 
yeah, if if you're relying on him as your your other forward alongside Watkins, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I've noticed you've gone a bit more statistical recently. Got a bit more stats involved in your in, in your article. You changed. You changed. Oh, yeah, I've noticed last last couple last couple in particular. Watkins and was it Watkins and Brenda the last two articles you've done? Okay, you've gone a bit more a bit, a bit more stats based. Greg. I think, I think what I'm trying to do really is if there's something I can, if there's something I pick up on, um, I just try to back it up a little bit more rather than just saying, you know, Greg Evans thinks Emmy Brenda is a better substitute. Yeah, um, try to back things up with stats to prove my point. And then you know I'm not I'm not always it's not always yes I'm right and, and other people are wrong I'm happy to have the conversation and that's what's great with the athletic because on the comment section you know we can yeah, share a lot of the comments share thoughts with, with each other and um, you know pick up a lot of pick up a lot of good points as well from some of the subscribers because they have slightly different opinions and and then you just like some, just like what you've said with Bailey there that's something I hadn't really noticed but I'll, I'll have a look at that now in the weeks ahead yeah um, I do think there's something in that Good, good to share opinions, but yeah, no, no, no real um, push on the stats, but <laughs> just, just to back up stories. I like the stats. Obviously, the Villa View's got a stat show now every Friday. I feel like everyone's getting a bit more into the stats now. I've, no, I've just noticed you yeah. doing it as well. I don't want to get too carried away. God, no. I'm, I'm not, I'm not massive stat man. No, that's what I probably presume the Athletic have got people doing that. You've got they've got, they've got stats people, haven't they? We've got one, one of them data. went up and worked for Leipzig, didn't they? It was the Athletic yeah, stats yeah, man, and yeah, now he yeah. works works for yeah. Leipzig in their data. I find that absolutely incredible. That that is yeah, absolutely fascinating. That, that I is. mean, stats are very much the way forward, but look, you know, there's there's an old school element to football still, and I don't want to lose that totally. No, you are you are pro you are old school. That, that was <laughs> I'm glad idea. you said that. If you I'm were if you were if you were a football manager, you'd be Steve Bruce. I am happy you, to be old school. You, I bet you I've never been it. a gamer. I've never played football manager. I've never played the PlayStation. I get out, I play football, I go to the gym yeah, and I go that, to golf. That is that is your and you get your hair cut. That is that is <laughs> I your still that, have that, 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 <laughs> I know, not at the moment. I get mine done every every bloody week at the moment. I'm worse than, than Maker Richard at the moment with, with my hair. <laughs> Just before we go, have you got anything coming up? I know you've got one thing coming up that you can't talk about that you told me about the other day that I Right, um, my street. Right, no, I can't talk about it. Just, I just want to make sure I can get it done before you know. In time, it's a very, very long. Um, I like the long range, you know. They're they're my favourite ones, the big ones. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I try not to do too much of it because you know subscribers tell me that they want digestible stories and they want to, they don't want to spend too much time on it. But every now and then we throw a big one in there, and yeah, I'm, I'm, hoping, good one. I'm hoping this week we can get it done. Uh, will it be this week? Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, hope so. I, look, I look forward to that. Yeah, come on, Greg, get that out. I, I want to read that. I'm really, I'm really <laughs> I'm excited trying. by that one. I'm trying. I'm right. trying. Let's go. Let, let, let you get. Let you get back to your old school regime, Greg, Greg, Greg with his meat, <laughs> meat and two veg for dinner. I am. I imagine doing doing, <laughs> doing things properly in his house. Thank you very much for for chatting to me this week, Greg. Nice to talk about a win as well because we haven't been able to do that since we brought the show back. Don't forget to like and subscribe and all that jazz wherever you get your podcast. I'm going to push Spotify again because I think we're doing that work last week. I think we've got more Spotify views than we have done previously. So yeah, if you want to watch the show on Spotify or listen to it, we're on there. Do it because Spotify might be your preferred method of digesting podcasts. The Villa View is back tomorrow night. I'll be joined by Neil Cutler live at 10 o'clock to talk through Villa goalkeepers past and present, which I'm looking forward to doing because Cuts is, is a nice guy and I haven't done anything with him before and I've been looking forward to it for a while. So yeah, big cuts will be on 
we'll do it live. You can ask him some questions as well. Greg, you might even tune into that, won't you? So you can get anything for, for some, some of your pieces in the, in the future. I'm sure I'm sure we'll talk about Amy Martinez at some point during that podcast. It would be a surprise if we didn't. Yeah, so watch out for that. Thanks ever so much for listening to the 1874 show up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs> 